1: Hello, Hi. double thumbs up. Hi, Fresh. how are you? <laughs> uh, what is going on? It's earlier than usual for us. Well, for me. That's okay. it's, it's my fault, so <laughs> I don't know why fault. you're apologizing <laughs> um what uh, how, uh well yeah i have to i had to record earlier today so we both unfortunately you had to record less earlier today time. we're recording earlier right now
0: oh i thought you said you had to record earlier to i thought you meant <laughs> You got it. We're good. Like, <laughs> we I had it. to record earlier today. I was like, hey, what time are people scheduling you for? Don't they know? No.
1: I was like, we're recording right now. No, we uh I, it's my fault that we're recording earlier today, so both of us lost uh an hour of relaxation time. So sorry about that. It's Tragic, but, really. But thank you for being so accommodating to me. Always. Um how how are you? I just saw you yesterday face to face and <laughs> I already miss you.
0: It's weird. Okay. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's weird seeing you and then immediately seeing you but not really you know I know it was
1: it's especially because like we are currently doing our backlog for our holidays uh just so we get some well-deserved time off and it I feel like every day I'm seeing you but it's almost in a different format because like I'm seeing you in real time then we're recording and you're it's, back in Kentucky I told it's, you it's weird I just feel bad for you because like you have the I have the luxury of not having to also fly across the country round
0: trip and that I just feel like that takes a toll on a person I gotta say that that did knock me out a bit yesterday I because there's no direct flight from where I was flying to and from and yeah it was uh it was a lot so I I got home around 11 and or midnight or something and 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 now have to wake up and no no it's listen it's not early here it's just early where you are but Anyway, we're 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 doing. Listen, we're young and spry and youthful, right? I
1: feel like you're saying it as your head is slowly like leaning towards the nearest as pillow.
0: A, a tear like rolls down. <laughs> you're my just cheek. like, please God, please God, I'm so sleepy. Yeah, Blaze woke ah. up with the baby, so I could sleep. So you know, what life is good. That's well, good. I'm happy
1: for you that you don't have to travel again for a little bit. But uh yes. Anyway, do you have a reason why you drink besides the utter shock to the system of yeah, having? Yeah, I think
0: that's the best way to put it. Like my my body is like, what are you doing? Stop! And like eating airline food every day. It's just like what. Anyway, uh, uh, what am uh, what did you ask? <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> why do you drink? Oh, I know why I drink because okay. um, you know the beautiful bread candles that we have. That uh, I do. Yeah. So I was. A burning one when we recorded last time and um then and i now a loaf of bread is in your room or well what? i wish i wouldn't be drinking for that i would be rejoicing but <laughs> i uh i i bumped the table where it was sitting and it oh no poured the wax melted wax all over this beautiful brand new velvet burrow sofa <gasps> i had just set up like two days Christine. before yeah now i have just this giant like and it's, like, that oily wax that has, like, it's scent Spain. in it and stuff. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, it got... Here's uh, the Terracar box. It got all over these boxes, <gasps> which which is, like, fine because they're, you know, shiny. I can probably clean it off, <laughs>
1: Oh no. <laughs>
0: but the couch looks like my brother said it looked like somebody vomited all over it cuz it's like that white <laughs> color and it's just like bleh, <laughs> gross. So, anyway, I'm mad at myself because like I'm just so clumsy that I can't get my like this is why I can't be a grown up. Like I'm such a bad grown up. I spill things everywhere. I can't I, even light a candle without either like catching something on fire or we just, knew the
1: bread candle was going to become an enemy because we loved it too much. It's it was, too good to be true. Right. We you flew know? too close to the sun. We You're were going to totally have right. a rivalry. Well, I'm sorry. I trust me. I've been there. I still <laughs> I, know. I still have flashbacks to my sweatshirt getting covered. My favorite sweatshirt getting covered in.
0: I remember scented oil, and I was trying to like think of what people were recommending back then, like freezing it. And I'm like, I can't freeze my couch. I could try, maybe. Uh, Well, you could leave a bunch of ice cubes on top of it. That's true. Although then I think that would just add water to the situation. Um, I mean, I
1: I, I meant like a like a like an ice container, like just sit it on top. Oh, to make it
0: cold. Okay, yeah, yeah, I could try that. Um, Also, you know, people say like uh, to to heat it with an iron and i'm like oh god can you imagine then i'm gonna set my couch on fire (laughs) um anyway it's all fine it's like a minor problem but it's just an annoyance and i'm just i get so mad at myself for being so clumsy um oh yeah well anyway how
1: are you why do you drink
0: i drink i well i drink because
1: i still feel like i need to catch up on sleep but uh other than that i this is like such a weird i don't know i feel like so okay allison has a new friend Uh, Mm. that she has made in, in the neighborhood and like a couple streets over and, uh, she went over to this new friend's house for the first time and they've gone out and like done things together. But this was the first like invite to the home where she was meeting her friend's husband or friend's kid. Whoa. And on her way out, the husband was like, oh, I have a Christmas gift for M. And they have not ever met me. I don't know. I don't even know this man's name. I don't I don't know his name. And this was the gift. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. Autographed by Biff Tannen, Back to the Future Funko Pops. What? Which perfectly goes with my autographed Marty McFly and Doc Brown Funko Pops. Wait.
0: Now I feel like you owe him a big present. And
1: unless this man happens to be like the actor Biff who played Biff Tannen and like, he can just sign anything. And can be you Biff imagine Tannen? Allison would be like, Oh, didn't I mention Allison would literally look that man in the face and not know who he was and then forget <laughs> to tell me. So, but I'm, I am. I'm like that. This is a very lovely gift. And I guess I really shouldn't be that, you know, I, sh- I should just be grateful first of all, but also like, I mean like one of the other ones, the doc Brown, one. one of our listeners was like, I just want to send it to you because I know how much you love it. So, I I feel like there was a relationship there in some way, though, of like, oh, they listen to the show, they yeah. know I'm a big fan. This was just uh, like it might as well have been a, a random man on the street, and I
0: just, <laughs> just well, so if if you meet if you meet, you better bring a nice house where we or like a nice. I know. All of a New sudden, I'm like, wow, gift. the pressure is on. He, I'm telling you. Oh well, because Alison was like,
1: I don't know, maybe because I'm friends with her, maybe he really wants to be friends with you, and I was like, well, that is a quick way into friendship. Certainly, I was say, like,
0: <laughs> it's a very I don't know. I mean. I know that, yes, like, of course, you should just be grateful, but also we do host a true crime podcast, so it's I like, know, you know. I think I'm primed to be wary. Look at everything with a slight raised eyebrow. Speaking of I, which, you do have a rogue eyebrow that, uh. Do I? Yeah, it's been cracking me up for like the last where? several weeks. No, where it's when it? you keep putting on that filter where you have extra eyebrow.
1: I don't think that I'm keep putting the filter on. I think it's still just by default on, and I just don't know how to, I let me go turn it off. I, it's unless fine. you want to keep looking at my third the, eyebrow. I
0: love the eyebrow because it's like every time you kind of make a face, it like takes a second to like adjust to where your eyebrows are so sometimes you'll just have a rogue eyebrow like in the middle of your forehead and it really does make my day a little bit okay i'll I'll keep it on then i miss
1: your um your random lip color
0: i do too i remember when i thought my new lipstick looked so good and then i was like wait a minute wait a
1: minute Uh, well anyway that's that's why i drink i also drink allison was very sweet today she made me a tea for us today while we were so i have a homemade london fog um so that's what I'm drinking. What are you drinking? Uh, nothing, cause I. Oh wait,
0: water. <laughs> Ew. Is that your hydro jug from Beachy Sandy ads? It is the from the famous Beachy Sandy ads, but um, it is, and I need to hydrate, cause again, airplanes. But yeah, you know, living the dream. Well. Good. Well, I, I know we're in a bit of a, a
1: time crunch today. So for all the people who hate our early banter, you are so lucky Surprise! that we're giving you less than 10 minutes of that today. Happy and Hanukkah to you. <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah, our our holiday episode is next week. Our Christmas holiday.
0: Our <gasps> Christmas episode. Yeah. Christmas time. Hey, Christmas time next week. Don't um, don't you already. Listen, I was planning a big reveal.
1: Okay, okay. I'll let you warm up your instrument for the next week. Thank and then you. And then really surprise us all. Well, so this is a Christmas, a Christmas Eve
0: episode, in theory? No. Wait, what?
1: A week before Christmas. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> we don't do daily episodes, thank <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden. Um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac and so I thought, you know what, perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's gonna smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Shopping for humans is hard, but shopping for your dog is easy thanks to Bark. Every month, they deliver toys and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled. At Bark, they send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's their fun plush toys from BarkBox or their ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, they give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, they'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com drink. That's right. You can sign up now at BarkBox.com slash drink for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs.
1: This is the closest thing to a Christmas Eve episode you'll be getting, folks. Sure. And
0: this, uh, and for that reason, you're getting a poltergeist story. Oh, it's, oh wait. It's our next, sh- I didn't realize our Christmas episode comes out on Christmas Day. That's exciting. Isn't that fun?
1: It's almost like how our
0: 300th was almost on Halloween And then we ruined it, yeah. We
1: ruined it. Well, (laughs) whatever. So uh, this is a short poltergeist story. This isn't, um, uh, this is, it's almost like a feature, a featurette, uh, because we talk first about a cemetery, okay, which holds a poltergeist, if you see what I'm saying. I do. Okay. So this episode is the Mackenzie Poltergeist and the Greyfriars Cemetery. Oh my gosh. I've heard about this. I have too, and I remember trying to do the episode a while ago, and I remember thinking, "Oh, there's just not enough information about one or the other." And now, conveniently, just put them together. Wham, bam! Now it makes a whole story. So it's actually Greyfriars Kirkyard mm-hmm. um, instead of uh, Greyfriars Cemetery. Uh, the name is Greyfriars Kirkyard, and it's often called the most haunted cemetery in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in case you're wondering what a Kirkyard is, it's an old Scottish word for church, so it's a churchyard. Kirkyard, churchyard. Uh, so, it's in Edinburgh, and it first grew, well, for, Edinburgh itself grew as a settlement in the 12th century, and over time became a city best known for its leather and wool products.
0: Mm.
1: Go, Edinburgh. And at the time, Scotland was Catholic, and the ground that would become Greyfriar Kirkyard was a Franciscan friary. Mm. I love the name friary. I feel like we should bring that back for, like, where you eat French fries. friary. Oh! Friary. Can you imagine like a a themed, like it looks like you're in like a a friary, like a Franciscan (gasps) friary, but it's just just a fry restaurant. I'm I'm, I'm into it.
0: (laughs) I love it. I think that's so smart. Ah, okay. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Okay. We're so excited. And then in two hours, we will absolutely forget this ever existed.
1: Someone's gonna like tweet us and be like, I went to a friary and I'm gonna be like, I okay what the hell? Like why? What's why are you mean? going to
0: church? <laughs> <laughs> and and good for you, but why are you telling us? <laughs> I, I'd be like, What made you think we're into that? Yeah. Okay. So anyway <laughs> Why would we care? <laughs> no, we don't say that, I promise. We're not that rude. But I would be confused. You know, a- we would be confused but at this point we know it's our own fault. If we're confused, we know we forgot something. We're not like why would you tell us that? We're like, oh shit, there's probably a reason that you're telling us and we just forget. There have
1: been times people have sent us gifts and I'm just so confused why it's gifted to me and <laughs> and I'm great I'm grateful for it. I don't people well, people think I'm not grateful. I'm just like I'm like what's the reference?
0: And we now- like we must have said something really <laughs> off the wall to receive this present. <laughs>
1: well then someone else there i there was one or two people now so far where we've gotten the gift and
0: it came with a description
1: and i was so oh yes
0: (laughs) i love that they're like you in episode xyz you mentioned a friary so i have done you the honor of including some really old three weeks stale french fries in this package (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) yeah
1: you know what i i feel like if i were to like go down in a spiral and in the middle of the night try to actually build out a the, the friary if you will the business talk- plan i would at least i think i could get to through the menu and then the hyperfixation would end
0: yeah but I think because I that's
1: could, a fun part it is because like well, you, you could would think do the like,
0: decor too like you would be well, all over the decor and then the fries and then you we'd lose interest really quickly
1: that's the truth yeah um okay so anyway the where the gray Friar cemetery currently is the ground used to be a franciscan friary that did not offer fries so Ooh. um the friars that not the religious friars. Now I'm literally thinking of people at the grease pit. like the friars. <laughs> uh, the friars that lived there were very quiet. They wore gray robes, hence the phrase gray friar. Um, they grew herbs for medicine to give to people in poverty. Uh, but then, uh, so that was kind of their life. And then oh, in fifteen nice. in 1560, um, after the Scottish Reformation, the country became Protestant and the friary was destroyed. Oh. Uh, and the land went to Mary, Queen of Scots. Sure. So for a long time, Edinburgh uh, buried its dead at St. Giles Kirkyard. That was where they used to bury their dead. But by 1561, after the Scottish Reformation, that graveyard was so overcrowded, you could smell it in the summer.
0: <gasps> oh, no.
1: Yeah. So Mary, Queen of Scots, was like, something's got to change and gave the Greyfriars' land to the Edinburgh Town Council, since it wasn't being used anymore. And the town council established that land to be the new burial grave. I love that she's like, something's got to change. Here, take this problem she's like, and fix she's it. Like, <laughs> I went into the plebeian central town once, and on the main drag, I had a one
0: sniff of something foul. Take it, town council. Take did it you, away. Did you know that it's actually pronounced plebeian? I learned you know, that recently.
1: I think I'm going to stay
0: ignorant. Plebeian feels it even sounds more so like... so much better. And I said, because it was on Beach Ussini, I said, I was like, did you know it's plebeian? And my brother's like, that can't be right. Apparently it is. And then I was like, do you not say plebs then? Like, do you say I plebs? I mean, that's that's plebs i always thought that was plebs oh well i always said plebs so <laughs> plebeian apparently is how you say it and then a bunch of people wrote in like i didn't know that either so we're not the only ones but it's just it just threw me for a loop anyway sorry continue because i knew it was plebs it makes sense to be pleb- plebeian plebeian, yeah,
1: plebeian but yeah. i feel like plebeian implies that the person is so rich that they never even had
0: to learn how to pronounce it that's a great point they say it their way and it doesn't matter how you say it you know what i mean it's like
1: oh i love how the plebeians want us to call them something else other than plebeians. say it feels extra mean (laughs) yes yeah agreed um okay so anyway mary queen of scots was like plebs (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. time to do something town Except, council make it stop smelling so bad during the summer here i so, need to
0: ride my carriage through the street once a year and exactly i refuse <laughs> to be among this odor yeah and so uh they decided that basically
1: the gray Ferris Kirkyard would, would be opened up um for new ground so they wouldn't have to keep breaking the same old dirty smelly
0: Oof. dead body
1: ground uh and by the late 1700s this was 1560s and by the late 1700s that graveyard was burying about 1200 people a year mm. which feels like a lot 1200 that's like 4 people a day a year that sounds right that's so a lot. it is a lot and i feel like i feel like there's no way to bury 1200 people a year and then still have room for 1200 more yeah, people next year that feels like a lot of people tight quarters Yeah, I feel like they're all holding hands down there. Like, I feel like, (laughs) I just don't know how, I don't know enough about the burial industry to understand how you can look at land and be like, this could handle this many people. This many plots. Yeah, and then to organize that many people to know when there's not any more room.
0: Yeah, I feel like you'd need a better, like some sort of civil engineering degree the aka the farthest thing from what we have <laughs> <laughs> yes i agree with you um so by the late 1800s it
1: was 1200 people a year but uh until the 1870s um so when it opened until it closed which was in the 1870s nearly a hundred thousand people were buried there oh my god which again, how can you look at that land Whoa. and be like, that's a hundred, that's a tenth of a million people can you be right be, here. You gotta be, you got stacking people, right? You have to be, right? Like how else would you be able to pull that off? I h- truly have no idea. I have no Unless idea. Unless it's like walls where they
0: have like the tombs. Well, there are mausoleums here. Yeah, maybe like that kind of thing.
1: So that, that could be it. Maybe they were like, we don't have any more room below the ground. We got to get up on the Go ground. up, so. up, up. And then you can just build to the sky. So exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. So here are some of the cemetery's main problems over the years. The first one is, of course, body snatchers. Hmm. Um, because in the 18th and eighteenth ce- and 19th century, z- <laughs> <the spoil>. 18- <laughs> 18th and 19th centuries, Edinburgh was considered a city of uh, intellects and enlightenment, and it was known for its philosophers and its scientists. And Edinburgh University is known for its anatomy department. Oh, boy. We see where we're going with this. I see. So the students, the medical students, uh, needed cadavers to work on, and they basically would pay grave robbers to supply them with quote fresh bodies. Um, I guess the fresher, the better. And eee. these robbers became known as resurrection men. Which Ooh. I wonder. I wonder what the strategy was. Like, would they have to like look up all of the funerals in town, and then just like go like try to get there as soon as the funeral was over? Like how? I don't know the timing. Well, I, don't I wonder
0: know. I wonder if, like, since they're burying four people a day, I feel like it's pretty oh, easy right. to know that there's always going to be a fresh burial mound, you know? Well, also think of the wait list
1: as a medical student if you're paying people to get you a fresh cadaver. Like, hmm. how many medical students are there and, like, only four a day are getting supplied? You know oh what I mean? Oh, my
0: God. And only
1: for one class. You can't keep using the same cadaver a million times. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. You got to do one and done. Like what if your whole class is like every week we're going to use a different cadaver and that's like how many how many weeks is one semester per one medical student how many cadavers does one medical student need for to even graduate
0: that's the wait list becomes crazy. All the remember sudden. when I said, "Oh, civil engineering is the farthest thing." I think actually maybe whatever these people do, medical <laughs> degrees is the farthest thing. It's
1: actually like statistics and probability or something. Also on uh, <laughs> actually
0: on... a lot. It's actually starting to make me feel a little insecure. How many? It's degrees. actually a
1: business degree. It's a full MBA <laughs> that I don't know about. That's why the
0: friary failed from day one.
1: <laughs> so the medical students were giving grave robbers money for fresh bodies. We obviously know the waitlist was incredibly long yeah and the problem got so bad that wealthier people had to start putting iron cages over their graves oh. called mortal locks um just so it would keep people from digging up their loved ones which meant that poor people's graves became the targets yeah of course um but apparently wealthier people were the cadavers that people wanted so oh my god but like a dead body's a dead body's a dead body i guess be- like based on how they ate or lived or something i, I don't know I yeah don't know. who knows but there's actually one story of a grave robber uh, burying, or taking out, the opposite of burying, a grave robber was taking out the body of a woman, uh, and he saw a ring on her finger that he wanted to keep for himself, so he couldn't get the ring off of her finger, <gasps> and he cut her finger off. Oh, my God. And she began screaming, <gasps> because she had accidentally been buried alive while unconscious.
0: I'm sorry, I hope that guy was so scared out of it. He probably shit his pants. And he I hope probably he never, 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 He's going to have, like, that's where I truly believe, like, four generations down the line, his, his ancestors are or descendants are still having like, yeah, generational trauma, <laughs> like, nightmares, where they're like, why do I keep having this dream? Why do I like, have a
1: phobia of rings and fingers? Yeah, yeah, I feel like
0: it must have just, like... Embedded itself into his DNA because that is the like scary moment. Your DNA changed. Yeah. It's just like at your whole body. I mean, like as we the other day had like a scare while we were talking about something very scary, and yeah. I felt like my entire soul like just abandoned my physical body <laughs> and the physical plane, and I was like that. This that fear must have just shocked his system. God, so scary.
1: Which, by the way, okay. So this leads us to problem number two with the cemetery, which was that there were a lot of alive burials
0: oh honestly my worst nightmare really
1: and it was really common back then because edinburgh was trying to bury bodies as quickly as possible for sanitation <sighs> so if you were just like i'd be so buried because if i were sleeping for a little too long and i was on un- i was hard to wake up and you I'd would be like... and i would be you could lift me out of this building in a chopper and i would not wake up
0: oh no and
1: i and a lot of people i guess were maybe deep sleepers, or they had a medical condition or something, and they would just be buried alive. And so there's a lot of excavators at the time who said that coffins would be found with claws and Nightmare. bite marks on the Nightmare. inside. Nightmare. My biggest fear. <sighs> I know. I know. I know. I've, I've found myself often watching those YouTube videos of like, what to do if you're buried alive? Yes. And it's like, I'm like, I'm glad that you're telling me now in my sane mind, but in a f- full panic, no no way I would remember to do any no. of those things.
0: Yeah, it's like, turn to five degrees to the right and put one mm. on my sh- shoulder. I'm like, I would just be... Or it's also like
1: take your shirt off inside. I'm like, explain how on earth I'm supposed to fucking do that. Explained if that's how. Oh my god, I can't even think about it for too long. Is why I want to be cremated
0: because even if I am still alive, like not anymore. You know, right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the uh, so that's kind of just like a quick catch up on the cemetery and just i'm not covering all of the ghosts of the cemetery but just know that it is allegedly incredibly haunted
0: i mean and that, like uh, that means a lot of people died in the cemetery which is disturbing yeah like, you know like that that alone i would imagine would haunt a place
1: yeah it wasn't even bodies with S- a history a now coming here death. it was oh it was like bodies
0: had a history
1: because <sighs> they came here <sighs> spooky so
0: oh my london fog is getting cold hang on a second it's okay, it's a good time for me to watch two rogue eyebrows on the side of your head. <laughs> <laughs>
1: can't drink it now okay <laughs> sorry it's so i just know it's gonna come out of my nose if i try again i'm sorry <laughs> so just know that i'm not covering all the ghosts of the cemetery but you know you could assume people see a lot of apparitions a lot mm-hmm. of shadow walking i'm sure a lot of sounds of wailing and moaning and screaming and talking and people grab you and Ugh. i mean i didn't even r- do the research i can tell you probably with confidence that that's all happening in the cemetery yeah um but uh Again, one of the main reasons for the ghosts is that a lot of buried, a lot of bodies were buried there. A lot of them were living. So now they have their own trauma attached to the land mm. and bodies were often buried in unmarked graves and then dug up in mass and then moved without any respect in the area. Ooh. So that doesn't help either. Mm-mm. Famously, Greyfriars is home to the notorious body of Sir George Mackenzie, <gasps> or Bloody Mackenzie.
0: Oh, no, I know about this guy. Oh, what do you know about this guy? He murdered a lot of people in the name of religion.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Not good guy. So um, he was born 1636, and then in 1677, he became Lord Advocate during the reign of Charles II, a.k.a. he enforced the king's law on people. Mm. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I will say, not that this is a redemption by any means, but this is a fun fact that we do like about him. Um he was fully anti-witch trials, and oh. he saw that a lot of women and poor people were being accused unfairly, and he freed many victims. Okay, that surprises me. I will say I would have bet the, I would have bet money on the opposite. And in an essay of his, he wrote, It cannot be denied that many true mathematicians and physicians were called magicians in the duller ages of the world, and I condemn next to the witches themselves those cruel and two-forward judges who burn persons by thousands as guilty out of this crime.
0: Okay, well, you know what? Snaps
1: for that. Snaps for that. And he also thought that excess wealth was wrong. In his final publication, he wrote, I think there would be no poor were it were not for a luxury and avarice, for all so- for all would have somewhat and none would have too much. So he had... What a complicated man, because yeah. in those... If that was on his Bumble BFF profile and only that, I'd be like, "This dude fucking rocks." You'd be like, "What's um,
0: avarice?" I, I'd be like, wow, <laughs> "And you're
1: smart. <laughs> like, why oh are, are
0: you God? talking like that? You think you're better than me?" Okay, clearly we're showing our uh, differences. Our good yeah. side.
1: For, he, he, that was, as my mom says, the first three months of any relationship, you bring your representative <gasps> to the table. Yeah, that's a honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what I would have loved about him. And then over time, I would have been like, you know what? I'm starting to notice some red flags. Yeah. And the red flag mainly was that he uh was very pro-torture <laughs> and <gasps> fuck so he had enemies with he had made enemies with the covenanters which they supported the scottish presbyterian church and despite his views of witchcraft and eat the rich he was still pro-general torture and even legalized torture in what a lot of ways the fuck he was anti-illegal torture but then it's like, okay, that's but now you're legalized. Thing. Yeah. Well, he's, he's anti-illegal torture, then legalized some of it. let's make it legal.
0: It. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so you're just pro-torture. Just it doesn't that. make any sense. Yeah.
1: While he was in power, a lot of people were in makeshift prisons right beside the cemetery. So that's why we mentioned him here, because a lot of people in the cemetery or mm. people on the land suffered next to the cemetery. Um, they were risk. Uh, they daily were risking starvation, mistreatment, illness. Some were even executed. You know, they were tortured, mm. um, as if starvation, mistreatment, and illness were not torture enough.
0: Right.
1: And some even witnessed him cutting corners and bending laws to get convictions he wanted, and allowing illegal torture. Not mm. even legal torture. He was allowing illegal torture that he claims he wasn't for, as methods to get convictions he wanted, which is so weird that that would be something he's okay with because it sounds like he wasn't okay with that happening with the witch trials where they were using torture to convict witches.
0: I guess he just was like too smart. He thought he was too smart. Like, Oh, well, witchcraft's not real, but it's, it's, we can do it if it's like a real offense that you're committing.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I guess so. I, what a complicated person.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so anyway, the, very quick version of him and the reason we bring him up is for his ghost. So in 1691 he died and enough people um enough people hated him by the time he died that it didn't matter any good he had ever done. They were mm. like we, we fucking hate you. Um so when he died, he earned the name very quickly Bloody Mackenzie because of all the people he tortured and he was entombed in Greyfriars and uh which is so weird because Greyfriars was overlooking the prison where he tortured people. Super. So uh, now it said that Bloody Mackenzie's hateful spirit wanders the cemetery as a poltergeist. And <sighs> author Robert Louis Stevenson, who did Treasure Island, he had talked about uh, Bloody Mackenzie. And he said, when a man's soul is certainly in hell, his body will scarce lie quiet in a tomb, however costly. Some (gasps) time or other the door must open, and they come forth in the abhorred garments of the grave.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yikes. Now, that man's an author, because I could never put that sentence together. I see that in a Bumble BFF, and I'm like, we got a lot to talk about, man.
1: (laughs) We got a lot to talk about, but I'm still going to swipe left because I'm intimidated and I will never be able to meet your standards because you say sentences like, and they come forth in the abhorred garments of the grave. And I say things like, did you know it's p- not plebeian? Did you know it's <laughs> no, plebeian? No, I say
0: that. You just say the word plebeian.
1: <laughs> Sorry. It's even worse than because I go, did you know my friend told me it's not plebeian? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. We're embarrassing. Um, so, anyway, anyone is free to explore most of the cemetery themselves, but Bloody Mackenzie, his mausoleum that he's in, because he's not buried, mm. um, him and the Covenanters prison is exclusively, uh, it belongs to the tour company called City of the Dead, and they do ghost tours. Mm. Um, on their tours, people have claims to have paranormal experiences, and a lot of times we think it happens to be Bloody Mackenzie, because most of the worst experiences happen in his mausoleum i see so it's interesting that he maybe because his spirit is so powerful or has a lot of like uh unleft business or maybe he has a lot of like i don't know his energy is just really strong and i mean he was known to torture people in life so it's interesting that he torment people now
0: yeah you know yeah
1: So on their tours, people have claimed to experience a lot of things. And the founder, Jan Andrew Henderson, um, he used to live actually in a house in the cemetery, which is the most Christine Schieffer thing I've ever said about someone that's not Christine (laughs) Schieffer. I see you,
0: Jan. (laughs) <laughs> you too that would be a bumble bff swipe now You'd be like now we found our match yep <laughs> can
1: you imagine two people on bumble bff found each other
0: who both lived on cemeteries listen come find me folks well don't come find me that sounded really ominous i'll be at the cemetery you be know I'll where be it is at the Cemetery.
1: <laughs> well so he published a book detailing people's experiences on his tours okay in 1999 this is the first story of someone not the first this is just the first one i'm gonna tell you yep uh, of someone on one of his tours, it was a student named Siobhan who had the horrible Irish name spelling. Where yeah, it looked, it's does not, not horrible. Look, it's
0: just the spelling is horrible. I'm sorry, it does not look like Siobhan. I have it a friend maybe... whose baby's named Siobhan, and I had to tell. I was like, Blaze was like, well, how, how do you spell it? And I told him. He's like, no, no, no. How do you spell Siobhan? And I'm like. No, that's how you spell it. <laughs> I know. I know. I And I'm sure, I like, it, to me, it's a horrible spelling. I'm sure in
1: Ireland it makes perfect sense. But uh, yeah. to me, my brain does not. Pre- it's like, like spelling Rowan. dog, X-G-J-V-X-U-N. <laughs> well, and I'm like, like, wait uh, a minute. Saoirse Rowan. You know how you spell her name? I know. Saoirse or something. Saoirse. I know. All of the Irish names. It's fascinating that, I mean, it's clearly just a different language. So, like, it's. But it, my brain sees it it's, and I'm like, I don't even want to try.
0: It's, it's hard for it, us Americans it's to really grasp. So scary. Yeah.
1: Like, you, there's no better way to prove that you're not from those areas if you yes. just look at someone's name and go, I don't know.
0: Sabon, Saibon <laughs> or whatever. There's you're... another one that
1: really blew me away. Oh, man. What was it? I don't remember. I won't. Not gonna remember. But anyway, it to to my brain that that <laughs> can't be a name. It just I don't understand. But anyway, Siobhan, not Siobhan or. C. Alban. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it went on. So Siobhan went on a tour, and when they got to Bloody Mackenzie's mausoleum uh she felt like she couldn't breathe all of a sudden and like Mm -hmm. not just like she lost her breath a little bit but she felt (gasps) like a strong hand covered up her nose and mouth and was pressing into her face so she couldn't get any air out oh which is like it's even worse that it's not a real hand like there's no chance of getting away from it like nobody else can see it happening and um it so it was pressing into her face she even tried to back away into the wall to like get away from this thing and it followed her almost oh. as if it was like pushing her into the wall and she felt like she was about to die and she actually did pass out and the only way that she was able to wake up was once the tour guide dragged her out of the mausoleum <gasps> oh my god i feel like at this point when you're a tour guide if anything's happening in the mausoleum it's just and if someone passes out just be like hang on a second and just drag their leg and yeah. bring them outside i was
0: gonna say you gotta be working out daily because you're gonna be yeah. dragging people in and out of that thing Just gonna just potato sacks at Mm -hmm. that point just make that part of your
1: your regimen at this at the gym or i wonder um uh what if the tour guide passes out then does he warn people ahead of time like just drag me
0: out of the mausoleum that that would be the most alarming tour i would have (laughs) ever heard if i don't make it out of here drag my drag my lifeless body Oh my god! One time, I had a math teacher who used an EpiPen,
1: and I <gasps> now now you know as an adult, I've met more and more people where it's become normal sure. now. But it was a jarring first experience when I was a freshman in college. I was like brand new, eighteen, and this teacher was like, "Oh, I used an EpiPen. If I collapse during our class, this is how to use an EpiPen on me." And I was like, "What?" I was like, Whoa. "I was like, you're really trusting me." Someone you don't know and a random eighteen year old who's probably doing the stupidest shit last night, you want me to put an epi pen i it really I, did it and that was it never happened in my class, but I heard it happen in another class oh okay, but um but it, also, it was a math class, so it started out real hot. I was already <laughs> jarred about that, and then I couldn't stop thinking about it because I was like, now I was so paranoid. I was like, what if something happens? I better remember the rules. I better remember. And now he was like on to math, and I was like, shit.
0: And now You're I really, like, I I'm really so I missed unprepared. chapters one through seven. I was thinking <laughs> about your epipen.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, now I know how to use an epipen after the paranoia that gave me. Excellent. But really, I'm. It was a. I imagine as a tour guide, too, just be like, oh, hey, everyone needs to know about this in advance. And, yeah, it's a good thing. Track, track, listen, track out of the
0: mausoleum. I feel like everyone should know how to use Narcan, and everyone should know how to use an EpiPen. You never know when... I don't know
1: how to use Narcan.
0: Okay, so do you know what Narcan is? No. Oh, it, it's... Uh, we used to carry in L.A. because it's to treat, like, a narcotic overdose. So oh. a lot of times, like, if you see somebody, for example, it happens, like, on the side of the road, sometimes if people are unconscious um yeah and they've uh they've overdosed uh narcan can undo that and so a lot of people uh have been proponents of you know other of just regular everyday folks carrying it on their on their person in case they need to Mm. use it
1: no i've never heard of it okay well hey we'll hang out together and you handle narcan i'll handle <laughs> the EpiPen. We'll okay be good. good
0: i've never used it. everyone EpiPen, is so. safe when we're there <laughs> yeah sure everybody listening is like i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> bring blaze and allison maybe just in case <laughs>
1: uh, well so Okay. So she, anyway, so that was able to wake up once they drag, to the mausoleum. And apparently that's a common story of like people just pass out or they get sick or they don't feel good. And the second they leave the mausoleum, they're fine. Right, right. Um, other stories are that a woman went inside the tomb, um, I think on her own walk, I don't even know if she was on a tour, but she was just at the cemetery. No, she had to have been on a tour because the tomb is exclusively bought by the right. company. So, but she went inside the tomb when it was cold. So I guess maybe she was listening from inside the tomb. Um, and she was trying to just kind of keep away from the wind suddenly she noticed that inside the mausoleum it got like oddly colder and she felt a really strange intense like primal fear oh and she got home and said that she felt the same thing and she felt like a dangerous animal was nearby and she needed to run that was the way she
0: described it oh ew
1: members of that same tour said that they also noticed a weird temperature drop and they actually started asking the tour guide if they could leave early because they felt scared of being there. Whoa. Um, Once they got outside of the mausoleum, people started talking about hearing banging on the walls as they Mm. were leaving. Oh jeez. Another tour, there was a student who went inside the mausoleum and she felt very afraid also like she couldn't breathe, but she on top of not being able to breathe, started hyperventilating. She had to brace herself against a wall. She was shaking uncontrollably And immediately felt better um, when she left. Mm. Um, But the next day she woke up with a huge welt over her eye like she'd been slapped and it took two weeks to heal. Oh my god. This guy is an asshole. Well, even 11-year-old Megan on tour, she was was holding her mom's hand so she was clearly not doing anything with her body but just holding her mom's hand and she just kind of said to herself like, oh my arm feels cold and when her mom looked down at her arm, Megan's arm was covered in blood and it was covered in scratches blood yeah she had been scratched so hard that she was bleeding <gasps> and so i don't know if she was covered in blood like it was a scene from carrie but she was covered in scratches that had broken skin
0: Oh my and,
1: God. uh but she was all she had said was like oh my arm feels cold and it was completely scratched up Yikes. and she hadn't been doing anything People often claim extreme nausea. They also claim to also get scratched, even bitten. People have been pushed. People have been tripped. And a lot of times, if they ever bring their stories up again for an interview, the experience happens all over again in their home later mm. that night. That's Almost as like if, That's like, extra scary
0: because it's like you leave the tomb or the mausoleum and you're like, okay, good, I feel better. But then you go home and it's still there i don't like that well
1: what freaks me out is it makes it sound like it's always been with you and never left because if it's able to hear you years later talking like recounting the experience and it happens to you again it's like oh it's been waiting around to hear you talk oh i hate that some people even wake up the day after a tour with mysterious burn marks on their bodies this guy he's fucking violent one guy told his tour guide that it felt like something wrapped a cloak of ice around him. And he also felt that, like, primal fear and felt really sick. And the entire experience lasted less than a minute, but he said it felt like he was in that moment for years.
0: I wonder, like, who gets targeted? Because it's, like, everything from an 11-year-old girl to a full-grown man. Like, I mm-hmm. wonder what the criteria is.
1: Yeah. And uh, I have no idea. It just sounds like anyone. Yeah. And it's also weird that it would be women if he seemed to be protective of them during the witch trials. No, but
0: didn't he kill men, women, and children? Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah,
1: I really keep leaning into the witch thing, trying to find good in a person. I but think whatever. that's not
0: even about people. It sounds like he was just more concerned with like the like a, some sort of scientific, law. yeah, like justice behind it. Yeah,
1: no, you're totally right. Gross. But so anyway, the sheer number of experiences, including the numbers alone in the mausoleum of Bloody Mackenzie has earned Greyfriars the title of the world's most haunted cemetery and incidents can be so extreme that the tour groups, the tour group's website literally has a warning that says the Mackenzie poltergeist and the South bridge entity, which is a whole other one we could talk about. uh, They can cause genuine physical and mental distress. Mm. You join city of the dead tours at your own risk, not suitable (gasps) for under 12s, under 12s uh, pregnant women or anyone with a heart condition. So I'm out
0: um yeah and uh Wow. Well, happily, th- happily yeah happily i'm out and it's not even because i'm any of the above just because i'm i'm out <laughs> i feel like not just heart condition but if you have like
1: a lung condition uh any condition relation, i'm immunocompromised
0: maybe maybe sure that
1: i think actually finally an immunocompromised person would be the most safe in would that be lucky space.
0: oh would be oh would be safe there you think I feel like they'd be
1: more safe than anyone with an organ condition that, like, the ghost could grab on or something, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> an organ condition. I just feel like if, like, it makes you have a hard time breathing or it could give you, like, can add to your heart condition. I feel like finally being immunocompromised, like, it's he can't not the sneeze on you, problem. you know? Yeah. He, he can't give you the <sighs> flu or I something. I sure so. hope not. So Jan Andrew claims that since the tours started, almost 150 people have physically collapsed on his tours. Oh,
0: my God. And he's like, anyway, we still keep going.
1: <laughs> he's just so used to just dragging them out by twos now, Jeez. both legs. He says there's poltergeist <laughs> activity in the house near the cemetery and sometimes mysterious fires near the cemetery. Ooh. And one of the fires even destroyed his own home and the tour's headquarters, which very conveniently destroyed all of his records on the Mackenzie poltergeist. Yeah, wow. And he does, however, still have records of witness accounts and photos and things like that. But I mean, yeah, I wonder as the tour guide, how come you've gone unscathed this whole time?
0: Yeah, I do. I wonder the same thing. And I wonder, is it like because you're Protestant or I'm sorry, Catholic, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I have no
1: idea. Maybe he made like a deal with the devil and he's like, look, I'm going to make money off this. Don't you come near me. The devil being (laughs) Mackenzie. Mackenzie. I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he just ad- like came to terms with it a long time ago that this thing probably does follow him. Or maybe they have some sort of understanding of each other. I have no idea. Ooh, he's but like, like he you does... can attack this 11-year-old girl, but not me. <laughs> but not me. Yeah. So Jan admits he doesn't know what the poltergeist is. It might not be Sir George at all. It could be a demon. It could be an, a, another unknown ghost. Um, also, there's a theory of it being a, quote, collection of hysterical reactions. Which oh, i don't know i couldn't even tell you what that means
0: i wonder if um i wonder if it could be just like how hateful he was in real life or how like full of like if if that energy just stayed like it's not him in like a uh maybe in a what do you call it like in a real present state like maybe he's Mm. not aware or whatever but maybe it's just his like shitty energy that's stuck around in one space i don't know
1: well it has become the best documented supernatural case of all time and probably the most conclusive oh this is a quote from yon by the way it has become the best documented supernatural case of all time and probably the most conclusive let me put Mm. it this way if the mackenzie poltergeist isn't a genuine spiritual entity then i don't think there's any such thing not anywhere in the world wow
0: so if this ain't real nothing is
1: right so, I do have a fun fact to end on with Greyfriars, which is that it is also famous for its littlest grave, <gasps> which belongs to Bobby, the tiny sky Terrier. Oh. in the 1850s, Bobby used to accompany his master, who was a night watchman who died of tuberculosis, mm. and Bobby refused to ever leave his grave when his master died and because oh. And because he never left his master's side, the town began watching over Bobby through his grief. And someone at the cemetery built him a little shelter next to the grave. My heart. Another person would feed him daily. And so many people eventually found out about Bobby that soon crowds were gathering every day to watch Bobby come out of his little hut to (gasps) go have lunch. Oh, buddy. Dozens of townspeople took care of Bobby for the next 14 years, who kept daily watch over his master's grave until he died of old age. And a baroness even made a statue of Bobby and had it erected across the street from the cemetery. Mm. And when the Greyfriar Church interviewed Edinburgh locals, when they were asked what first comes to mind when they think of the word Greyfriar, many people before any poltergeist or ghost experiences said that they think of Bobby.
0: Oh, I have goosebumps.
1: Maybe. Um so anyway, that is the Mackenzie Poltergeist what a slash Grayfriars story. Character.
0: My God. I can't get over that creepy dude. I mean I know. Ugh, yeah. I think somebody called into Jim Harold's Campfire once, maybe, or maybe it was on um Astonishing Legends, but they talked about like getting like slapped and scratched yeah. by somebody who you couldn't see. It's just ugh. I feel like it's one of those stories where there's there's just too
1: many similar accounts, like everyone's gotten attacked in some way or feels something spooky, or it's just one of those places, so I don't like it. It's Mm-mm.
0: like one of the few places where I'd probably be like, I'll pass, yeah, exactly doesn't exactly. take much i mean it it doesn't take much to convince me to go into somewhere creepy or haunted, but like if it's like hurting children and stuff, I'm like, no, nah, thanks, no, well, let's pass uh, you know? yeah. offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ziprecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why 4 out of 5 employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, so today I have for you a Halloween story.
1: <laughs> Whoa! Okay, so we're making, we're it's very, <laughs> it's giving night before Christmas, except
0: episode before Christmas. Um, That was beautiful. I know what it was. Really good. So, this is uh unfortunately a very very tragic story. It's also very brutal and violent and gruesome. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. So and, and just it's just a lot. Um you said Halloween and I got excited. I now I feel bad. Well, I wanted to get that out of the way because it is called the Napa Valley Halloween Murders. And so Oh, okay. It's it's definitely a Halloween story, but it's not um Charming, quaint. Yeah, it's just kind of dark. In 2004, 26 year old Adrian and Sonia, 25 year old Leslie Mazzara, and 26 year old Lauren Mianza all lived comfortably together in a house on Dorset Street in Napa, California. Okay. Lauren and Adrian were both Napa locals who had lived together for a while before Leslie eventually joined them, and she had moved from South Carolina. So the women were pretty happy together, the three of them. Adrian's mother, Arlene, said that Adrian was looking forward to living in that home a long time and just felt really at home there. Lauren was an outgoing, sporty woman who coached volleyball at a local community college. Adrian was a civil engineer. Oh, that's what I mentioned earlier. That, oh, wow. She would have been able to
1: figure out the, uh, the cemetery math. She would have math. been able to do the math. Yeah.
0: <laughs> cemetery math. That would be the first math class I'd ever probably enjoy. I'd finally care. Yeah. Yeah. Adrian was a civil engineer who friends described as vivacious, funny, and above all, tough. A very tough person. So this is something traumatic that had happened to her back in high school Uh, in nineteen ninety four, which was about a decade before this story happens. She was in a catastrophic car accident where her window was open and her head slammed into the pavement Mm. as the car rolled three times. Holy shit! Yeah, like extremely. She shouldn't be alive. Exactly, extremely traumatic. uh, Had head injuries, but she survived, and she even went back to school a few months later. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, wow. So Great. good for tough, her. Tough, tough. But she did struggle with temporary brain brain damage and memory loss was a major obstacle she faced for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But she healed and actually did well enough in school to earn a scholarship to California Polytechnic State University where she ended up getting her degree in engineering. So pff, come back, kid, you know? Sure. So Napa City had hired her on as a civil engineer when she graduated, and in 2004, she celebrated the 10-year anniversary of her miraculous survival and recovery with her best friend, Lily Prudhomme, who she met at work. So Adrian and Lily are best friends. Mm -hmm. Lily said, It was sort of a fast friendship. We worked together. We saw each other after work. We worked out at the gym together. And meanwhile, Adrian was basically living her dream life at work with her friend and at home with Lauren when then Leslie joined them from across the country. Now, Leslie was a former beauty queen, quote unquote, who had competed in pageants back home in South Carolina. She was known as confident, daring and ambitious. And her mom said when she was a little girl, she used to say she wanted to be a mother, a teacher and a nurse and Miss America before she was 21. Wow. Okay, <laughs> so, girl. Big dreams. <laughs> Her friends said she was an unintentional heartbreaker. They said she never toyed with people. She never strung anyone along, but she was so beautiful and kind that everybody she met seemed to just fall for her left and right. And, you know, it reminds me of like, uh, I don't know, just like a Disney princess kind of like she just leaves a trail of people who are, you know, (laughs) enamored with her. Every time she walks by people's
1: eyeballs turn into heart emojis right
0: she, that's the, exactly and that's she like, can't help it she's just perfect she like squirrels and birds come and like talk yeah. to her i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so she broke up with her longtime boyfriend and it's and decided to move to napa from south carolina to be closer to her mom and when she moved to california she actually founded a, found a job at a local winery that was o- owned by francis ford coppola oh uh, okay now, I I know that wine definitely. Um
1: I've seen it like, too.
0: Yeah, it's like very very well known. Um I also want to I think it's just called Copla wine. I don't know. Okay. It's it's pretty affordable <laughs> for me anyway. It's like, you know. <laughs> okay. For me, it's like 15 bucks. It's not like, you know, super fancy. I mean, it's more than I spend on a bottle of wine, but sure, if it's like not your gold, 2 buck chuck. It's certainly not. But if I'm going to someone's house or something, you know, that's like a good gift wine yeah um so anyway remember our first episode we talked about francis ford coppola oh yeah because we was i think it was the first episode you mean cupola cupola was it the second episode it was the first episode i think (laughs) francis ford cupola (laughs) okay (laughs) anyway i just saw that i was like wow that is really is something else okay what a throwback what a throwback um So she landed this job at a local winery and she was a natural fit in the business and the winery ended up turning into her passion. And so Leslie stayed in California, even though her mom, who she had moved to California for moved to Michigan. And so she was like, I'm going to stay here because she was so happy. So now Leslie is living in the same house. All three women were pursuing their own career goals, living happily together in a neighborhood that was known for comfort and safety. And, unfortunately, then we reach Halloween night 2004. Okay. The three roommates handed out candy together to trick-or-treaters, and then they all turned in for an early night. Now, I just want to remind everyone there's 26-year-old Adrian, 25-year-old Leslie, and 26-year-old Lauren. Okay. And um, so Lauren and Adrian had lived there before, and then Leslie moved there from South Carolina. Okay. So by 11 p.m., the house was dark, and all three women were asleep in their own bedrooms. So Leslie and Adrian slept upstairs, each in their own room, and Leslie's bedroom was the closest to the staircase. And then Lauren's bedroom was on the first floor downstairs, where she would sleep uh, with her dog, Chloe. So sometime between 1 and 2 a.m., everyone's fast asleep. Lauren hears Chloe growling. Oh, shit. And she notices that the motion sensor light was on outside. But after a moment, everything was quiet, so Lauren just let it go and went back to sleep. Sometimes our neighbor's cat set off the motion light, so squirrels, squirrels, birds, anything. You know her with her squirrels and birds. It's like, well, I just yeah. <laughs> That's what I always told myself anytime a motion sensor goes on. I'm like, it was a squirrel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's. It, I feel like that that definitely happens. Um. So she just thought, well, nothing to be alarmed about. Went back to sleep. But only a few minutes later, Lauren woke up again, this time to her roommate's screaming. Oh, shit. She said, I was in my bed and just opened up my eyes and realized something is not quite right. And then I heard a scream.
1: That's so creepy that she woke up before, too, and went, I know something's wrong.
0: Ooh, that just gave me goose cam. I had that exact same thought where it's like, you know, you wonder, like, did you hear something like a shuffle or a footstep and you knew something Yeah, also, was it's, well, it's your, that gift of fear of, yes, like... Yes, exactly. I, I'm so but glad even, you brought it up, because I was like, I mean, don't say it. I don't it. know if
1: anyone's heard about it. It's this book by Gavin DeBecker. <laughs> it's incredible. We yes. I mean, read it every... If you haven't read it yet, I don't know what you're doing. It's going to teach you everything. And it's on is, Audible. Guy, I've ever heard it's of his, it? It's his whole job, and he actually during COVID he came out this whole new Stop like a full it. word.
0: <laughs> you're so embarrassing. But yeah. uh,
1: but no, I mean it really is. But I also wonder like was that in itself the gift of fear, or was that just like a freakish moment of knowing that something? Yeah, happened? it's hard to know, but I
0: think it. I would imagine like probably the dog could sense something was up. And so, ooh, it's got goose cam again. So another Mm. thing I know we're talking about again, but I haven't mentioned this part before. He talks about like, oh, when dogs sense something is wrong and we think it's like supernatural, a lot of time it's like, no, they're just really in touch with their instinct, whereas we're not. Mm. And so, you know, if a dog is sensing something is wrong, they're probably sensing the same kind of things we are like. Uh, Their gift of fear is a, is a it,
1: greater gift.
0: Yes, like they can listen to it better than we can. And so who knows, maybe she woke up and she noticed the dog was alert. Maybe maybe she just had a knowing, like maybe she just mm-hmm. knew, maybe she heard a footstep, maybe, who knows, maybe the light was still on. I don't know. But yeah, yeah ex- that's a, my exact thought too was like, it's creepy that you wake up beforehand and then hear the scream. There's something really chilling about that. Mm. So she leapt out of bed, opened her bedroom door, which I feel like my, I don't know what your reaction is, but I think mine would be freeze. Like, I don't think I would run out the door. I think I would... i would love to run out the door i wish i I were more yeah exactly in that way if we're wishing things i
1: wish i was like a black belt in every sort of self-defense and i could just handle the person but
0: i wish i could just fly away and (laughs) not worry about it actually could i teleport in this dream yeah yeah i wish i could just stop crime yeah that would be great so she opens the door she stands on the threshold of her room terrified and listening and in the dark she hears an intruder running down the stairs toward her (gasps) (sighs) absolutely not if i wasn't frozen before i'm frozen now exactly but lauren listened to her gift of fear and said my gut told me to go out the back and i remember thinking but i'm opening up the door for this guy to follow me out but she mm. trusted her gut, opened the back door, ran out, and the intruder did not follow Lauren. Instead, he escaped out a window in the front of the house, which was the same window he had apparently used to break in. Oh, God. So Lauren stood in the backyard, trapped by the fence, hiding in the bushes. And even though she had no idea if this intruder was still inside, because she had run out before she saw him leaving right, through the window, right. she gathered the courage to go back inside... <sighs> Ooh, that's a horror movie, no no, but I'm glad she did it. I'm glad she did it too. It's it's takes a lot, I think, of courage. And she broke or she went back in to help her roommates. So she ran back in screaming Leslie's name, but she only heard Adrian who was yelling for help. Mm. So upstairs, she found Adrian and Leslie together, both in Leslie's bedroom. She slipped on the floor and realized it was wet with blood. <gasps> yeah. <sighs>
1: i don't know 300 episodes christine every time i'm still away
0: it's still shocking
1: i just one time want you to be like she slipped on a puddle of rainbows and a and an escape out of the building
0: and everybody was fine yeah but okay so so i assume that means leslie's dead so leslie had unfortunately already passed away yes shit okay adrian was still alive but was bleeding profusely from Mm. multiple stab wounds and was getting weaker by the second Oh, no. And at this point, there's nothing Lauren can do for her. Leslie needs serious medical attention. Uh, So Lauren's trying to call 911, but this is 2004 and the landline is dead. (gasps) Oh, no. Talk about a horror movie. Oh, no. She took her cell phone, ran back out of the house and got into her car for safety to lock the door in case the killer was still nearby and called 911 from her cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. When Adrian's mother listened to Lauren's nine one one call, she said, "My heart went out to Lauren. I could hear the panic, the grief, the fear in her voice." And uh, speaking of Adrian, unfortunately, Adrian also passed away before <gasps> help could arrive.
1: Oh my god! Oh, the, the survivor's guilt. The survivor's yeah. guilt. Oh my so god. So
0: now it's it's uh, only Lauren who survived this this horrifying incident.
1: I was worried you were gonna that that was how this was going because so far you'd only given quotes from Lauren. And I, I, know, like, oh, I know.
0: I know. I know. Sometimes I'm sneakier about that, but not today. <sighs> yep, Uh, exactly. So the crime scene itself was shocking. As you can imagine, a detective said it was the most blood he had seen in his entire career. There was blood on the floor, on the walls, going down the stairs, on the window where the intruder came in and left and on the siding outside of the house. They also found a bundle of plastic zip ties wrapped in a rubber band outside the window. What? So this was... Sorry, keep going. No, no. I was just... The last thing is they found three cigarette butts on the property, two out front and one in the backyard. That did like he women. was
1: patrolling yep Ugh, like he had been circling the house yep so this was i mean obviously it was intentional we knew that before this information but it just makes it so much more concrete that like yes it's not like he broke into the wrong house it's like or premeditated something. yeah
0: yeah, yeah. so it seemed like you're already already on top of it like the killer had cased the house for a while before he broke in smoking cigarettes and tossing the butts on the ground while he circled He had used a knife to pry open the front window and climb inside. Oh, a knife? That's so desperate to get inside. Isn't that gross? There's something so gross about that. Because
1: it's not even like one of those like creepy stories you hear where like, oh, well, the window is open and I took it as an invitation. It was like, I'm going to make the window open. I'm going to
0: force my way in. Yeah. Hmm. So the plan, they thought, was that to bind the women with the zip ties, but they think he dropped them on the way in because they found them by the window. Okay, and so maybe when he was climbing in, they fell. So he made his way upstairs, and Leslie's room was the first door. And investigators actually suspect Lauren would have been the first victim, but the man simply didn't know she was there because her room was downstairs, and ah. the guy didn't think to look for a bedroom on the first floor. And uh-huh. so they told her she was probably spared by sheer luck. Jeez. So I know. Ooh. Also so, that, does,
1: that doesn't. That almost makes it no better. Of, yeah, like. Oh, good. So, like, I really went unscathed, truly, for no reason other than I was lucky and they
0: weren't. I just happened to be in a different spot. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Upstairs, he attacked Leslie while she was asleep, so she didn't have a chance to fight, and she died really quickly. Um, Adrian heard the struggle and ran to Leslie's defense, and investigators said Adrian fought hard. She fought for her life. And she had actually fought back so frightfully that she had chased the intruder out. So, like, he, he oh was God. the reason she had left because they were, f- she was fighting back so hard. So but Adrian saved her. Adrian. Maybe. Uh, oh, yeah. From from Adrian saved Lauren, probably. Yeah. yeah or potentially. Exactly. Because wow. he just ran out back out the window where he came in. Um, wow. That's a great point. But she obviously, you know, unfortunately suffered mortal wounds in the process. Mm. At the scene, detectives collected 71 pieces of evidence. And just to put that in perspective, one forensic specialist said one or two pieces of evidence is average, up to four or five possibly. But this particular case really surpassed what we generally see in the laboratory. So they had 71 pieces of evidence. Wow. While forensics processed the evidence, police started chasing the usual leads, boyfriends, exes, friends of the group. Mm -hmm. And at first... Uh, Police suspected Leslie was the target of the shockingly violent attack. She was extremely popular. She had been dating uh, more than one person at the time. And so police thought maybe there was a jealous boyfriend in the mix, but they found out her ex's father back in South Carolina frequently called her to try and get in contact with her. And so he was suddenly on the radar and he had actually called her several times that Halloween night Mm. But he and his son both had alibis. They were thousands of miles away in South Carolina at the time of the murder. So that just went nowhere. There was a handyman who had worked on the house that same day. uh, But fortunately for him, he also had an airtight alibi. So he was out of the picture. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Police interviewed over 200 potential suspects and came up with only dead ends. Things look grim as they started to consider there might be a serial killer involved who had no connection to the women at all. And maybe this was just a random killing. Uh, Two weeks after the murder, friends organized a candlelight vigil to direct public attention to the case. But the community, you know, didn't need reminding. People were absolutely terrified. They were thinking, was there some maniac on the loose killing randomly? Like, are we all, you know, potential targets? And essentially, now that they had interviewed 200 people and found nothing, the entire case basically hinged on the pieces of evidence, the forensic evidence they had found.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: So the the fact that Adrian had fought so bravely and so intensely not only potentially saved Lauren, but also gave them one of their most crucial pieces of evidence. Because in the struggle, he had cut his own hand (gasps) and had left his blood at the scene of the crime. Oh, that's perfect. Exactly. So DNA testing identified blood on the staircase wall that belonged to a man in binary terms. a It belonged to a male. Okay. They also found a male's blood on the outside of the house and so you know this was not any of the three women that lived there obviously Mm -hmm. so the forensics team matched dna from two of the three cigarette butts to the blood so now they're knowing so now they know okay the person smoking the cigarettes is the same one that stabbed the people inside so there's no question about that they also found dna on the rubber band holding the zip ties so at the very least they know this was all connected to the same person they've got that completely covered it is interesting though that it's a premeditated crime
1: and he didn't use gloves and he left his cigarette butts outside
0: yeah you know like Like it's it's 2004 it's not like like dna DNA analysis is a thing yeah exactly and it makes me wonder like did he know that did he not know that did he not care i don't know yeah
1: if he didn't care that's even more sinister
0: it is i agree i totally agree so apparently the porous material of rubber bands, fun fact, absorbs and pres- preserves DNA extremely well. Oh, okay. So self. fun fact, self. if anybody needs it. Investigators entered the DNA profile into their offender database. Of course, there was no match. That would simply be too easy. Police once again considered the possibility of a successful serial killer who maybe had no link to the women whatsoever. And meanwhile, the community came together to offer a $100,000 reward for information. But of course, there's just nobody coming forward with any information. Mm. Police asked Lauren for a list of everyone she knew who smoked cigarettes. And she could only name one friend. His name was Eric Koppel. He was a 25-year-old land surveyor who was friends with Adrian. And he had actually once been engaged to Adrian's best friend, Lily. So Lily is the one at who works with her it's confusing because there are several l names um Mm -hmm. lauren is a survivor of the attack right leslie upstairs was killed and lily is adrian's best friend at work right they went to the gym together etc So Lily's, her best friend, Lily, had been engaged to this guy, Eric. And so they were going through a rocky time. So he was like kind of out of the picture. Um, But Lauren said, you know, I don't really know many people who smoke cigarettes. That's the only one I can think of. Okay. Meanwhile, Dr. Tony Frudakis applied a new forensic technique he developed that could potentially determine the physical characteristics of the killer using dna analysis basically he was looking for like the ethnic identity kind of how ancestry does that now in 23andme where you can uh, kind of pinpoint like what parts of the world what ethnicity somebody might be sure and so he determined the killer had mostly northwestern european ancestry dna suggested blue or green eyes and light colored hair uh and so police believed they were looking for a white man with light eyes and light hair okay they released info to the public hoping someone might recognize him and meanwhile the victim's families and friends just had to sit tight as hard as that is Meanwhile, back in her hometown, Leslie's friends raised money for a charity that Leslie had worked with when she did beauty pageants. And Lily, the friend at work, uh, decided this was a sign from the universe. She was like, you know what? Life is too short. Uh, She had postponed her engagement with Eric. And the night of the murder, actually, on Halloween night, she and Eric had gotten into a fight at a Halloween party. But the next day when she heard about the murder, she called him in tears about her best friend adrian's death and she said he came over to comfort her they patched things up she said life's too short let's let's get married let's put the engagement back on and uh, obviously now my best friend adrian can't be part of the ceremony but instead she had adrian's mother be involved in the ceremony which i thought was really beautiful that is really nice. So Adrian's mother attended in Adrian's honor. Adrian's sister was a guest of honor. They played Adrian's favorite song, "She Will Be Loved" by oh. Maroon Five. Jeez, oh my god! I know. To honor her absence on this like really big day, and then a year went by, and it was September of two thousand five, and Halloween is approaching the first anniversary, and yeah. so neighbors start getting anxious. Like, is this some like? Become an annual serial killer yeah. yeah is this like a horror movie where he's going to come back every halloween desperately police are trying to get any information they can so what they do is they release information on the cigarette brand and oh. the cigarette brand was camel turkish gold
1: so and they like re- they released it out to like stores to like if anyone purchased it to like yeah so they released it, or... it
0: out to the public just to kind of say if you know anybody who smokes these or smoked these about a year ago, because the other thing about them is that they were relatively new on the market. So a lot of stores hadn't carried them. Gotcha. And so in 2004, like this was a relatively rare cigarette brand. And so go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, you're okay. I was just gonna say, so they released this to the public and said, you know, if you know anyone who smokes these and fits any of the other descriptors, let us know. I feel like they should be able to release that stuff to stores and be like,
1: tell us if you serve this or not or offer this or not. And then, yeah, if someone orders them in the next week, like, let us know.
0: Oh, because they're still. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, Like because if it were
1: so rare, if there's only like five stores in the area, then like those five stores could
0: maybe if they had only receipts or credit card statements, they could tell you the names of the people who bought them. I will say they were relatively rare in 04, but then the year after, I think they were much more mainstream, oh, so okay. it's not really any more that they were that unlikely. It was just they were pretty new on the market back in 04. Gotcha. So, yeah, I think, I mean, it would have been interesting to say, like, anywhere in this radius if you sell these cigarettes yeah. to somebody. <laughs> I don't know how they would go about that, but it's in. I hadn't even thought of that. But instead, they just released this to the public and said, hey, if you know anybody... Uh, who might smoke these you know keep an eye out let us know yeah and they thought maybe someone would come forward with new information it was only days later that uh lily the best friend from work and her husband eric her new-ish husband eric walked into the police station and eric said i did it oh shit yeah he just said it he said i did it he confessed why why everybody was freaking stunned and although like they had mentioned oh yeah he's the only one we know who smokes cigarettes everybody was like well like they dismissed that like well he's the only one but he obviously didn't do it they'd all dismissed it all the friends lauren had said "Ah, no i don't think so Um, so he could have
1: also been he could have gotten away with it forever then and he just
0: never he just said it for fun like why did he admit to it i'll tell you i'll tell you so the police hadn't even gone around gotten around to questioning him because he was just so off the radar like as yeah. a possibility. And so now detectives questioned Eric on unreleased crime scene details to make sure his story lined up with their information and then they tried to match the DNA to the blood on the wall, the cigarettes, and the rubber band and it was a perfect match. So they knew yes, Eric Whoa. was Which makes it even crazier.
1: Ugh, it makes it even crazier that um Lauren survived because he would have definitely known she lived in that house.
0: Um. So, sorry, Lily is the one who is married to Eric. This is, It's very confusing. Lily's right. the one...
1: No, but, I, but Lauren's the one that survived, right? Yes. So when Eric have known their, like, all of the friends' living situations then? Like, I mean, if he was, he's dating Lily or was married to Lily or is with Lily and Lily's friend, Adrian, lives in that house might he have known her roommates names and that there was a lauren downstairs like uh, like i mean yeah. like he like he ran out of like he attacked two of the three he would have known three people live there right or what yes not? probably so yes. it's even weirder if i were lauren i'd be like it's so weird that he the intruder definitely Oh, knew that he knew i, I, I was there. there i see yeah. what you're saying yes
0: yes i believe he did know that's extra the
1: th- creepy then, because I, I would have thought this whole time, like, oh, maybe he just assumed two people lived there and he got both right. of them. But now I have the knowledge that this person just, third... just left me to live. I for see what no you're reason. saying.
0: Yes. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell okay. you why. Sort of. Sort of okay. why. We don't really get full answers, but we get some answers. So they matched the DNA. It was definitely him. And Eric insisted he was too drunk that night to remember the attack. He only remembered that once he got home, he burned his clothes in the backyard. Okay. Just, like, shocking. Also, do not believe that you are that drunk. No. No. He said he couldn't remember where he left the murder weapon, and above all, he refused to confess to any motive whatsoever. He just would not say why he did it. What? Okay. So, there were some rumors as to why, and uh, some theories still as to why he why he committed this like seemingly random and horrific attack so it was rumored that adrian was encouraging lily to leave the relationship oh okay. because she could do better and eric said after his fight with lily that halloween night he went home drunk raging about their argument and uh he knew adrian had pushed not pushed or just encouraged lily to postpone the engagement or to leave the relationship And so now their engagement was postponed. And instead of the honeymoon that Lily and Eric were supposed to go on, uh, she and Adrian planned a trip together. Oh. For that same week to Australia. okay. Mm -hmm. And so some people close to Eric thought he might have decided Adrian had to pay for her interference. Ah. And so the idea could be, which is what her family believes and what people close to Eric believe is that he went to Adrian's house looking to attack her. He was so drunk. He either went into went the, to wrong the wrong room. Yeah. yeah. Or just didn't care and just attacked whoever he found. Um, and so the, the idea was that he was going for Adrian and unfortunately, you know, Leslie was just in the wrong place, wrong time.
1: Well, also- if if Lauren had that feeling of like oh leave now and then nothing ever happened to her i wonder if he remembered that there was a third roommate and he when he was running downstairs maybe mm. he ran and looked in her room to try to hurt her saw nobody was there and thought okay now i have to get out through the
0: now window now it's time to leave yeah it could so, very well be like it maybe she if she had stayed in her bed maybe she would have he been attacked She would he yeah, have thought there. no witnesses or can't be witnesses yeah so. there's no way to know yeah but that's a great point point.
1: and also how fucking disgusting now in hindsight that at his like at their wedding uh-huh. they played all this remembrance and remembrance stuff for adrian and the groom killed her
0: uh yeah her mom spoke at their wedding like gave a reading at her daughter's killer's wedding like not knowing oh my god it's so dark it's so twisted I can't even imagine. the.
1: I mean, I feel like obviously the mom would have to go through intense grief therapy to have lost her daughter. But then to find out later that you knew the killer all along and you attended his wedding
0: and he did a whole yep. memorial thing how for you your daughter. How do you trust anything anymore? Like, how do you trust anybody <sighs> Man. at that point? Please tell me Leslie, Leslie or Lillian broke up with this guy. Please. So, uh, well, I'll tell you, not quite, but sort of. What? Well, you'll see.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Also, how ironic of like, I'm mad that this person is trying to break up my relationship. So I'm going to kill her, which wouldn't at all break up my relationship. Like, yeah, what?
0: it's disturbing how like that thought process. It's not clicking. It's, it's not, not clicking. clicking. It's I mean, I guess he did get married. I guess he did kill her. And then the next day, Lily said, comfort me. And then Ugh. they got married. So in a twisted way, it sort of worked. It, obviously, not in the long run, but you sure, know. sure. Um, So Adrian's mom, speaking of Adrian's mom, she remembers, I just had a reckoning with myself that Adrian was the target and someone really wanted my child dead. So now it's not only like she was attacked randomly. It was like, oh, no, she was murdered on purpose, which I I bet adds just a whole new element to the to the Mm. grief, she said. And then I thought, how stupid was I? Of course, it's always someone in the inner circle. So this is why he went to the police, because. Eric had sent letters to his family that seemed like suicide notes and his older brother and Lily kind of rushed to his side and said, instead of taking your own life, let's go turn yourself in. That will Uh solve your like guilt. Yeah. And Eric himself had no criminal history. He was actually, Adrian's family actually loved him. Uh, Adrian's mom had never for a second considered that he could have been the perpetrator she said he was part of adrian's close circle of friends who supported her in her grief yikes and she read like i said a scripture at his wedding meanwhile lily had never suspected her own husband of murdering her best friend and in an interview before eric confessed she had actually said not knowing somebody must have seen something somebody out there knows something somebody would have to notice a friend of theirs acting strange yeah, not right? realizing it was her own husband. And she wasn't realizing it, you know?
1: Uh, maybe like love is blind or something. I, I have guess no idea. Oh, so.
0: maybe he's just that good at hiding it. I'm not sure. Which, like,
1: if it that just lets me know that it wasn't just a drunken accident because exactly, if you drunkenly murdered anybody, let alone your fiance's best friend. Mm-hmm. You would not be able to keep that a secret. First, you would not. Yeah. You. You couldn't. You would not be able to play it cool. Like and to, if to, I to accidentally- have a wedding and not even act strange about it. Like, if Blaze accidentally killed me or Renee, like, because he was drunk,
0: like, yeah, that man's not keeping it cool. He's right. not keeping and it cool. And then at my wedding, I have Linda come to a reading and we I pretend know. like everything's fine. Like, I By can't the way, imagine. I, the way my
1: mother would, I don't even know how she would react if she found out she was in the room with my killer. I couldn't even, <gasps> I don't even know. The world would catch on fire. It's just
0: to, to have been supported and hugged and, like, yeah. held while you're grieving. I mean, it's so disturbing. Oh. So in December of 2006, Eric pleaded guilty to two counts of first degree murder as a plea deal to avoid the death penalty. Uh, He seemed deeply remorseful, which I guess is why he was carrying that guilt. Uh, Mm. He trembled as he apologized to Adrian's mom and sisters. And Adrian's mom said she appreciated it, but she could not accept that someone wanted to kill my child. Someone hated her. And Adrian is a person no one hates. And someone wanted her gone and that she just couldn't let go of that sure leslie's mother obviously was traumatized too she said i would wake up with these images in my mind that were just so horrible as my grief counselor told me leslie died once but you keep reliving it over and over again which like makes oh my god makes me want to cry in (sighs) court arlene confronted eric and said the following eric you knew adrian you know me, and Eric, I know you. You are a man who violently stabbed to death the best friend of the woman you loved. That is not love, Eric. You cannot love Lily and bring a knife into Adrian's home and stab her again and 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 yet Ugh. again. Ooh oh God. Then Lily took the stand. Oh, shit. She said the events broke her heart, but she looked at Eric and said, Eric, there is nothing you could do to make me love you any less. (gasps) Girl. What? Girl. fuck. It makes you wonder if she was just, like, ignoring any signs.
1: Like, maybe just desperate
0: to, like, fully denial. To believe it. Yeah, denial. Yeah. Uh, And she said, these words are just as true today as they were on that afternoon of the wedding. Fuck off. No. Sorry. uh, He's girl no like like adrian's yeah, mom said that's not flag. love sorry yeah. so ultimately eric was sentenced to life in prison without parole which was predetermined by his plea deal and attempting to find peace leslie's mother kathy said leslie's life speaks for itself her 26 years were full and rich and productive and she was a gift i'm so grateful that i got to be her mom and that she brightened our lives i miss her a lot oh my god just makes me I'm just, and then Adrian's Ugh. mother. I'm going to end on this quote. Adrian's mother, Arlene, uh, kept driving Adrian's car, which I thought was really touching. That is nice. Yeah, and she said, "This car is Adrian's car, and I'm so pleased to be driving it. it makes me feel so close to Adrian. I haven't changed the preset radio buttons. Every, I know. <laughs> I'm get teary-eyed. Every time I get in this car and turn on the radio, I feel very close to Adrian, and every day is going to be a good day." Oh my God. And that is your nightmare before Christmas story. Indeed a nightmare, by the way. Ain't that a
1: truth? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, what a way to ring in the Christmas cheer.
0: Yeah. What can I say? I (laughs) I do my best. (laughs) I hope everyone uh, feels like they're in proper Santa spirits now. So yeah, the good news is that uh, like, I know you have to go to your next Uh, engagement. But Mm -hmm. when we record our next um, after chat, that means it'll come out on Christmas Day. Will we? I feel like doesn't Cause this it doesn't because it comes out Monday. Like the after chat comes out Monday, the day after the episode. Oh wait, no, you're right. Wait, doesn't it come out this? Wait, after no, this episode? you're totally right. I keep thinking this is cri- literally Christmas Eve episode because you <laughs> said that earlier. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Ignore me. Oh my god, I feel Eva's sweating somewhere. That, okay, uh, no, no, no. You're good. You're good. You're good. No, forget uh,
1: it. We ignore me. We will have an after chat after this
0: episode if you'd like to go listen to it. That's and, right. And uh, we will probably talk about something on oh, it'll come out the first day of Hanukkah. So you know what? Oh. Oh, well, all right
1: <laughs> all right well uh go check out our after chat if you are part of patreon and we will see you over there for some uh friendly gabin yay okay have a good interview em okay I'll, I'll should i call you after this after the interview to do an after chat sure okay and that's why we drink
0: bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022